0: My name is Laura Orr with the Boxar Ranch in Bertram, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin.
2: Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join me for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me and buckle up. We're gonna take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we are still digesting that big cut in U.S. cotton production that USDA put out last week. They cut 3 million bales from cotton production this year and drastically reduced our U.S. carryover. We'll check in with Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson to get his reaction on that cut coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the trans Pegasus and from the Panhandle down to the Rio
3: Grande Valley. Maintaining a cattle herd in the midst of a brutal drought is very hard to do. But for those who can do it, There could be a big payday coming. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
1: Youth organizations such as 4-H and FFA and food banks are among the recipients
2: of the America's Farmers Grow Communities program. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on the funding and how Texas rural communities have benefited over the years from the program on Texas Ag Today.
4: Helping plants survive this hot, dry summer has something to do with water relations in the soil. So please join me, John Bigno, as we talk about the science of soil water.
2: We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA surprised the cotton world last week with their huge 3 million bale cut in U.S. cotton production. Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson says you can add his name to the list of those who were surprised.
3: Yes, I was surprised that they cut it this much this early because there's, there's still a fair amount of time left in the growing season. And they'll get more information. You know, they'll get information on insurance claims from RMA and NAS. will cover the whole state with objective field sampling. They only did a little bit of South Texas that went into this August report. So there's more data coming. It seems to me cutting 3 million bales off the production number is really bold. Unless they think there's more to come and that this is an incremental move, which that's terrifying. Most
2: of that cut in production originates here in Texas. Here's the Texas numbers from the Ag Department. Texas upland cotton production now forecast at 2.9 million bales. That's 62% lower than last year. Yield is averaging 633 pounds per acre compared to 666 pounds last year. Acreage harvested now stands at 2.2 million acres That's down 60% from 2021. Sam Houston State University broke ground on a new agricultural complex recently, beginning construction on a multi-facility project that will transform the Gibbs Ranch into a premier agricultural teaching and research facility. The complex will house several academic programs and serve as home to the Sam Houston rodeo team. New features will include a multi-purpose agricultural arena and rodeo team stall barn, while a horticulture and learning center will provide classrooms, labs, and workspaces, along with two greenhouses. The Texas Sheep and Goat Expo kicks off this Friday in San Angelo. Tom Green County Agent John Blanick says they're expecting attendance from all over Texas and the surrounding region.
5: We get people from all over Texas, from East Texas, from South Texas, and then, of course, just Central and West Texas, kind of the heart of sheep and goat country. But we also get out of staters. uh, A lady we visited with, this will be her second year, comes from South Louisiana. We get several people out of New Mexico and uh, Oklahoma. And so we do get a wide range of people that come and attend and spend the weekend in San Angelo, sheep and goat country.
2: Events start with the Sheep and Goat Field Day Friday morning, followed by the Expo Friday afternoon and Saturday. If you'd like to register, online or find more information just search Texas Sheep and Goat Expo. Maintaining a cattle herd in the middle of a brutal drought is a hard thing to do but James Hunt tells us for those who can manage to hang on to their herds a big payday should
3: be coming. Drought has caused massive herd reduction this year, but eventually things will turn around, and for those who manage to keep their herds intact as much as possible, supply and demand will be in their favor, and they could be looking at a phenomenal market to sell into in the near future. Jason Smith is a beef cattle specialist with Texas a and AgriLife, and he says one consideration in trying to preserve your inventory under our current conditions is early weaning.
6: So removing the calf from the dam. Approximately for most of our producers, that's going to be somewhere in that 90 to 120 day of age range that they're able to do that successfully. We know that that is going to mitigate a portion of the forage being removed or consumed by the herd because if we're removing that calf from the pasture and putting it in a dry lot or marketing it, that calf is no longer consuming forage. And our best data, our best numbers suggest that for every Every calf that we early wean at about 90 to 100 days of age, we essentially remove three months of that calf's forage consumption. That conserves about a month's worth of forage for a mature
3: cow. But early weaning can mean complications.
6: Managing lightweight early weaned calves is not necessarily the same as managing weaned calves that were weaned at a conventional age of about 205 to 210 days of age. It's also something that, you know, we need to evaluate the economics of how we want to manage and potentially market those calves.
3: Jason Smith says ranchers also need to remove from the herd as soon as possible those cows that are not likely to generate calf revenue. And one more consideration, strategic use of supplements to get the most out of available forage. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Enrollment is open now for a highly successful rural communities funding program. Tom Nicoletti tells more about it. Winners in the 2023 America's Farmers Grow Communities program will be announced in January. Erin Glarner is community outreach manager with Bear.
7: A lot of times where we see the strongest need is with youth organizations such as 4 H or FFA chapters. We also have seen a lot of funding be directed to schools that are working on the STEM program where they might need some additional funding or resources to make that program a little bit more robust for them. Food banks are also large recipients of our funds. I know several food banks in the state of Texas have received our funds as well. And since the program started, the state of Texas has received more than $4 million in our funding. So the state has benefited greatly from the funds through our program. Each individual organization has the opportunity to receive a $5,000 donation. The farmer is the one who selects the organization, but the funds come from the Bear Fund, which is the philanthropic arm of Bear Company. Since the program started, we've actually awarded more than $65 million in funding through this program across the United States. So the U.S. has really benefited strongly from the funds of this program to help strengthen rural america those winning farmers will be announced in january and then they will be contacted in january or early february where they will then have the opportunity to select which organization so it's probably about a six-month cycle for the program from now until the organizations that are selected will start being receiving those funds
2: that is aaron glarner with bear I'm Tom Nicoletti on the Texas Farm Bureau
3: Radio Network.
2: This summer's drought has focused a lot of attention on the science of irrigating plants. Horticulturalist John Begno takes a closer look at this science from San Angelo.
4: Doesn't matter where you live in Texas, you go through dry periods. And if you look recently at the USDA droughts monitor, map, you probably see that you may be a big part of maybe Number three or number four or, heaven forbid, the the highest level of drought. Plants respond differently. Some are a little bit more tolerant to dry soil than others are. But when you look at that drought map, it's not the same as a soil moisture map. NASA has a map that comes out pretty much daily that lists the different moisture levels in soils. And that is important to you and I doing our job of keeping our plants alive with the right amount of timely irrigation. So here a little lesson. Sandy soils, we all know, dry out faster because the pore space is bigger and gravity pulls the water through faster. So if you're blessed with sandy soil, you're probably going to need to irrigate it twice as often as you would, let's say, a clay soil where the pore space is much, much smaller. And the goal that we have when we irrigate is to fill the soil pore space with water upon irrigation. So pore space is 25% air and 25% water. 50% of the soil is the material that it's made of. So we're going to go to almost 50% water when we irrigate, and it gradually dries out in normal soil, like a clay loam, quicker and sandy, but it wants to go to all air. And we want to irrigate again before it goes to all air. If it goes to air, the hair roots dry and die. And when they die, plants really start performing poorly and may not be recoverable or they may not recover at all from additional irrigations. So we're looking at a weekly irrigation in most soils simply to keep that pore space hydrated so it doesn't dry out so much that the hair roots dry out so much that they die. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno.
8: There is an opportunity for Texas farmers and ranchers to help protect a species that could be listed as threatened or endangered in the future. I'm Jessica Domewell, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And lots of horse owners are transporting their horses to summer events, but that can cause problems like stomach ulcers. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: Before you go out this summer, Texas A&M Forest Service wants you to keep these extreme heat safety tips in mind. Stay hydrated. Check with local county and city officials for burn bans and fire restrictions. Always have some water readily available if you light a fire or are working with equipment. Make sure your equipment is maintained and clean. Keep water with your equipment and have a plan. With these dry and hot conditions, one spark can lead to a large wildfire. For more information, visit tfsweb.tamu.edu. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Lots of horse owners are transporting
2: their horses to summer events right now, but Dr. Bob Judd says you need to watch out. That can cause problems like stomach ulcers.
0: I have talked about stomach ulcers a lot on this program previously, but considering from 60 to 90% of performance horses have some degree of gastric or stomach ulcers, It is a serious issue. Dr. Barbara Palladino from Italy carried out a survey entitled Horse Transport Issues and Management, and she found an association between transportation and stomach ulcers. The authors believe that transportation would cause ulceration in the squamous portion of the stomach that is not protected from stomach acid. Remember, there is a glandular portion of the stomach that can also ulcerate, but it does have some protection from gastric acid. The researchers observed the effect of just overnight fasting and confinement to a stall on gastric pH and gastric ulcer scores in 12 mares by using a stomach tube and checking the pH every two hours. The horse's stomachs were scoped prior to the trial and after the trial. The next step of the study was to transport 26 horses over 500 miles, and horses were scoped before and after hauling. The study revealed that average gastric pH levels were higher or less acidic with transport than during confinement. Alfalfa hay is high in calcium and buffer stomach acid, and horses fed alfalfa one to six hours before transport had more food retained in the stomachs after transport. The horses that were transported had much higher ulcer scores after transport with severe ulceration in some horses. Also, the severity of the ulcers in transported horses was directly related to the amount of feed in the horse's stomach as horses with more feed retained in the stomach during transport had less ulceration. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: There is an opportunity for Texas farmers and ranchers to help protect a species that could be listed as threatened or endangered in the future. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report.
8: The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has approved an agreement with private landowners to conserve and protect the habitat of the Texas kangaroo rat. The Texas kangaroo rat is a small brown mammal with a white stomach, and it hops like a kangaroo. And over time, the Texas kangaroo rat's population in Texas has declined due to a number of factors, including habitat loss. The species lives in areas with clay soils and sparse short grasses with small, scattered mesquite bushes. According to FWS, the newly agreed-to Candidate Conservation Agreement with Assurances is a 10-year agreement with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and private landowners with agricultural and farming operations in north-central Texas. The agreement provides enrolled landowners with incidental take coverage for existing and ongoing agricultural activities in return for enacting voluntary conservation actions for the species. Meredith Longoria, Deputy Director of the Wildlife Division at the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says the agreement is an opportunity for landowners to take an active role in reducing the likelihood that the species is added to the endangered species list. They do that by agreeing to land management practices to benefit the species. If the Texas kangaroo rat is listed as threatened or endangered in the future, landowners enrolled in the agreement will be able to continue to manage their land under the terms of the agreement without fear of violating the Endangered Species Act. The agreement covers portions of 11 counties in Texas. They are Archer, Baylor, Childress, Clay, Cottle, Ford, Hardeman, Montague, Motley, Wichita, and Wilbarger. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dommel. Cattle and
2: wheat both traded lower in Thursday's trade while the corn market gained ground. We'll look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, everybody. This is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, every day on the radio... I have to report on how awful everything is in Texas agriculture right now. The heat, the drought, the markets. I just can't imagine how this is making you feel as a Texas farmer or rancher. Well, if it's getting to you, I want to ask you to give some friends of mine a call. It's called the Texas Stress Helpline. Here's the number, 833-897-2474, 833 833- eight nine seven two four seven four farmers and ranchers are some of the toughest people on earth but hey we all need help sometimes if you just need somebody to talk to in these tough times give them a call eight three three eight nine seven two four seven four or if you can't write it down go to farmlifehelp.com do me a favor don't wait call them today
1: we're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag today.
2: It has been a pretty good week overall for the cattle market. We've seen strength in the markets throughout the week. However, on Thursday, we did see a slight pullback in both live and feeder cattle futures. August live cattle dropped 47 cents, 14127. The October down a dollar 10 at 14475. December live cattle down ninety five at one hundred fifty fifty five. Feeder cattle lower also with August feeders down a dollar seventy two, one hundred eighty one fifty two, September feeder cattle down a dollar eighty five at one hundred eighty five twenty seven, October down a dollar eighty seven, one hundred eighty seven sixty seven. Cash fed cattle market seeing strength again this week here in the South. We've seen sales as high as one hundred forty two. That's two bucks higher compared to last week's average up north we're adding money there as well nebraska selling cattle from 151 to 153 on a live basis that's two to four dollars higher compared to last week boxed beef was higher on thursday choice up 27 cents at 265.61 select up a dollar36 23925. Now let's check the auction barns. We're Walking the pens with Larry Marble.
9: Texas farming and ranching neighbors, welcome to Walking the Pens. I'm Larry Marble. It's time to sit down at Granny Marble's kitchen table. We're going to have a glass of iced tea and talk to Doug Bass from Cattleman's Brenham. He's gathering cattle today to sell Friday, but Doug, we haven't talked about last Friday. Why don't you walk the pens with us, please? We
5: ended up with 1,525 head of cattle. Cow market looks plenty good, and the calf market, like, man, it just seems like it keeps getting a little bit higher every week.
9: Let's walk those pins.
5: Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, your thinner lower yielding cows, 22 to 61. Better high yielding cows bring 65 to 90. Lower yielding bulls bring 55 to 81. Your better bulls bring 89 to 110. Had a few pairs. Pairs bring anywhere from 1,000 to 1,300. A few bred cows. Bred cows bring anywhere from 500 to 1,200. Calf market, uh, dang, calf market just keeps getting a little higher every week, I believe. Uh, two to three weight steers bring 145 to twelve Heifers bring one forty to two dollars. Three to full weight steers bring one forty to, to two twenty six. Heifers bring one thirty five to two dollars. Four to five weight steers bring one thirty five to two ten. Heifers bring one thirty to one ninety six. Five to six weight steers bring a buck and a quarter to one eighty three. Heifers bring one twenty to one ninety six. Six to seven weight steers bring one fifteen to one seventy. Heifers bring one ten to one sixty two. to Seven eight weight steers bring one ten to, to, to one eighty five. Heifers bring one hundred five to one thirty eight. And your eight hundred to a thousand pound steers and blue bring ninety to one forty four. Heifers bring ninety to one thirty
9: two. So it sounds like you had a good sale. What are we looking like for this week?
5: I think we're gonna kind of stay right around that same area you know number wise uh, we got cattle coming to town uh we've had cattle show up Monday, Tuesday, and we're going to get some this morning. Uh, good quality cattle coming. We've got some really good calves showing up. Uh, cow-wise, just haven't seen much more than weighing cows, though. Haven't seen really any good strings of, of younger cows or anything. I thought maybe with the dry weather, some people would be sending some, but really, just really for the most part, just a bunch of weighing cows coming to town.
9: Well, that's so. kind of been the way it has been all week. Everybody's commented that. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you.
5: Yes, sir. Uh, y'all can call me on my cell, 979-877-4454, or call Sheriff's Office, 979-836- 3621.
9: Doug Bass, thank you. Texas Farming and ranching Neighbors, thank you. You, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you for letting me do walking the pens every day. I'm Larry Marble. Good day. Thanks Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Where
2: lean Hogs took another big drop on Thursday, October Hogs down 475 to close at 9330. The December down 325, 8517. Class 3 milk finished lower. August milk down 8 cents, 2009 100 weight, while September milk was down 49, at 2018 100. The cotton market flip-flopped on both sides of Unchanged on Thursday. Traders weighing out the ideas of a short crop against the fact that we may be a bit overbought right now after the big run-up in the market earlier this week. We closed lower with the October contract down 120 points, 117.12. The December down 84 at 112.70. Corn market Creeping upward all week long. September corn up four and three quarters, 619 and three quarters. December corn down three and three quarters, 615 and three quarters. Big drop in the wheat market thanks to a lot of the rain that we're getting here across Texas and on up into Oklahoma and the rest of the southern plains. That definitely helps out wheat planting conditions here this fall. However, good conditions tend to mean a negative factor in the market. In September Kansas City wheat dropped 38. at 8.12.5, and while new crop July was down 34 and a quarter, 815 a bushel. September Chicago wheat down 31 and 3 quarters, 731 and New crop July down 26 and three quarters, 778 and three quarters. In the energy markets, September natural gas dropped a penny, 922, while September crude oil was up 250 at 90.61 a barrel. The financial market slightly higher Thursday afternoon, the Dow up 23 points, 34,003 the NASDAQ up 53 points at 12,991, the S&P up 14, 4,288. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this
1: greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today.